ready to go? Oh, I'm ready. Yeah. Go, go for All it. Right. All right. Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. I'm here with Matt. How's it going? And I'm Thomas. As always, I don't know what Matt has brought to the table, and Matt doesn't know what I've brought to the table for discussion, but hey, it's always a good time. So Matt, I'm going to dive right in, and you know what we're going to talk about today? What's that? We're going to talk about a little bit of gambling, Ooh. but the league, more legal type of gambling of the lottery. Okay. Do you know the history of the lottery? I don't know. I barely know anything about it. Well, you're going to learn the history of the lottery now. The first recorded, uh, the first recorded sign of a lottery dates back to the Chinese Han Dynasty between 205 BC and between 187 BC. Now, this was done through the playing of Kino slips in Kino, K-E-N-O. Uh, it can still be played at casinos today, and it was used. These these lotteries were used to finance large projects such as the Great Wall of China. The Great Wall of China was paid for with some lottery money. Wow. And you know what? The same trend continues all throughout history. The first European lottery begins in Rome, which in the past they had a lot of fancy parties. And at these parties, when you walked in, you'd get a ticket. And the ticket would give you, if you won a lottery, like a nice nice luxury item. But then later on, once Augustus Caesar became the dictator well dictator yeah yeah Yeah. emperor dictator emperor dictator emperor augustus caesar when he came into power um he also created a lottery but these funds would go towards repairing of rome and the winner would also get a piece of the prize money so as time went on lotteries still play their parts but lotteries then became very prevalent again in the 15th century uh these were the public lotteries all in europe and they were paid. these were lotteries that were in Europe, and the main point of them were to pay for fortifications of lands and to aid the poor. So even back in the day, homeless homeless funding and poor funding through the lottery. Who knew? Um, an example of this would be uh, actually on May 9th, fourteen forty five, the Le Clues lottery had a winning of. 17 1737 francs which is about $170,000 in today's money. So, you know, th- these were still some good prizes for like the folk out in the rural area- areas. Lotteries were a very popular form of getting money for the government because in a sense it was a very painless form of taxes. Like Oh yeah, no it's one, a good, good way of putting it. No one wants to be taxed, but if you feel like you're getting something out of it, you're getting a reward, a possibility for that. It's a taxation for the mindless, in a sense. Um, we actually get the word lottery from the Dutch, who are very into the lotteries all the way back in the day. The derivative of the word actually has the meaning of fate. So, who knew? The lottery is named fate something. I don't know the other half. Americanization has changed it as you go, but it's always about fate. So, also, fun fact about the Dutch, they had the longest running lottery, and it's called the, excuse my Dutch, uh, the Schluchschlag. The Schluchschlag? <laughs> oh, I'm familiar with the Schluchschlag. I don't think that's right at all. I'm so sorry. But um, it's been around for the past 500 years, constantly running. So, 
lotteries in a sense they were a fair way for governments to make money they funded wars they funded community projects and as time went on they went to do build bigger things with this money now here comes the time of the renaissance colonies are forming huge expeditions around the world and they needed money so the lotteries actually paid for a lot of the colonies in america english lotteries would then pay for american roads and american like buildings and properties and it actually even helped start princeton oh who knew lotteries had such a large part in our history so much was built on gambling yeah who knew Actually, then once uh, we decided to rebel against our good old buddy England, um, the Revolutionary War actually got a lot of funds from lotteries because, as you can tell, the Americans back then weren't a big fan of taxes. Surprise, mm. surprise. Yeah. We, we threw some tea in the ocean. We screamed taxation without representation. A little upset. You know. And when you hear the word lottery, you don't think tax. You think Ooh, prizes. Yeah, prizes, games. The other, so, en- the other end of the bargain, you know? Yeah, so people were cool to play lotteries not so cool to play uh taxes not mm-hmm. not a fan of taxes so as time went on uh as time went on let's focus on america so america is now established and we're expanding west so when you expand west you start to get these small towns like gold rush towns and stuff and the thing is you need money you need money to start these towns so there's a lot of lotteries that would go on small towns to build public buildings such as courthouses bell towers local stores and this kind of helped build our western frontier through the idea of gambling in a sense which is fine because now we have a bunch of casinos and gambling hotspots like Mm -hmm. las vegas um but here's the problem it kind of started to lead to fraud as all good things seem to have some negative side. Exactly. As people would expand westward, people would come into these towns and say, hey, I'm throwing a lottery. Who would like to pitch in? So people would gamble and put their money, and then the people would just disappear. they just go away and it's like, ah, sorry, you didn't win, and then run off with the money. This, These acts of fraud actually led to the outlawing of lotteries in the 1860s so there was a good chunk of time that we didn't have any lotteries in america and then around world war ii everything came back but not in all states like i wish i did more research but not every state has a lottery to this day to this day yeah Hmm. um okay well now that we've talked about the history of the lottery let's chant let's talk about the chances of winning a lottery i'm gonna hear some big numbers now right yeah we're getting big uh I, I think I'm going to need to read these over just so I say them correctly. So, the chance of winning depends on the style of lottery you are playing. The simple six the simple six ball lottery, which includes numbers 1 through 49, it's called the simple six. So, well, the simple six from 49. Um, in order to win, you must draw six numbers in any order. So, you could have, like... 5, 10, 36, 42, 17. That was 5. Yeah. And 7. That's okay. 6. Um, they can, The balls can be drawn in any order and it doesn't matter. 
and the chance of winning that is here give a guess how how high do you think this number is oh how many zeros i want to guess with zeros like yeah guess with zeros place values is it a billion like in the billions no it's only uh for this type of lottery because of the any order and the small range of one through 49 oh i don't think that's small i feel like it's huge but go for it well no number can be repeated as well so oh, okay. each so number that... once a number is drawn it kind of brings down the probability even more okay so maybe like it's 13,983,816 okay to one which is still ridiculous that means you're special yeah you it means you're pretty special if you win um now that's just the simple like one through six uh one through 49 uh six balls but there's also the mega million you've heard of the mega million oh yeah all across the u.s it's played and um so the way that goes is there's five numbers that go one through 75 and then there's one bonus ball number which is one through 15 now you have to match all six of them in order to get it right and the probability is one in 258,890,850 wow yeah but that doesn't feel good no but that's why the jackpots are so big because Mm -hmm. people try and it's hard to get that because it's such a high chance now there's some other lotteries you guys are more than welcome to look them up they're a little insane like italy has one i saw that it's six it's six numbers one through 95 and it's like a one in a billion chance of winning is it a high stake high stake lottery like super not really actually it's not that brings me into my next point talking about the largest jackpots in all of gambling in history in lottery okay so on january 23rd 2016 a three winners in the United States won the Powerball of guess how much? It's recent. Yeah. I feel like it was like a couple was it over a billion dollars? It was 1.5 billion dollars. Oh my gosh. Split three ways and then taxed, but still still <laughs> that doesn't even matter. That's an outrageous amount. At of money. this point, who cares? You won the lottery. You had to share it with two other people, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's I would, I would be fine with it. I would share with so a lot more people. That's the biggest jackpot in America. So let's go over to Europe now. The biggest win in Europe was on July twenty, July twelfth, two thousand eleven, where the prize was one hundred eighty-five million euros. 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 So in U.S. dollars, it would be like over over two hundred million. Yeah, over two hundred million. I don't know the conversion, which is like a fifth actually less than a fifth of the american powerball but okay um america go big go home yeah this is the american way <laughs> yeah it was won by some guy in scotland mm. which is kind so, of funny to think yeah. about could you imagine like the rural guy like the old dude in his house in the middle of like the rural part of ireland now scotland, he's got a supercar or something he's just like ah oh, i've won <laughs> that reminds me of a movie actually um i think it's shoot i forget the name of it it's about so there's this town in scotland and everybody always plays the lottery and they find out someone in the town won the lottery so people are going around trying to find out who won Mm -hmm. and they find out the guy who won 
died of a heart attack. Oh no. When he saw the numbers. So the whole town gets together to fake to change the lives of two of these guys so that the guy who's dead is someone else and then the person who switched places won the million dollars and then they split it amongst the town that's hilarious that was the deal that was the deal yeah so tell me what that movie's called i gotta watch yeah he he lived a a double life i'll i'll remember the name of it it's something like saving some well it's i'll find it i'll find it i'll send it and i'll put i'll even put it in the description it's a pretty funny movie i watched it a couple times when i was younger it was our like beach time movie oh nice so have you ever participated in a lottery i have the new jersey lottery and it was one of the small stakes ones that little card you know one of those guys i did it all right so i don't have a problem but i got one card i won a couple bucks and i spent the money on another one that was more expensive i used all the money for it and I lost it. <laughs> I think so, I think that's fair if you use your gambling money to just gamble more. There's dirty money at that point. Yeah, it's it's already been in the pool once. It's it's fine to go back in the pool again. Yeah, it was so funny. It was a funny experience, and I'm I'm glad I participated in the New Jersey lottery. But I, I need to do the Pennsylvania one. Well, now that like you're allowed to get a lottery ticket once you're 18 mm-hmm. because you're considered an adult. That's the same thing with like call in orders and things it's Mm -hmm. like you must be 18 years or older to order but i personally have still yet never gotten a lottery ticket well i haven't gotten like the traditional big like powerball ticket like go up get some numbers you've gotten scratch cards right exactly scratch cards are nice they're great uh a game they're christmas stuffers yeah yeah i've uh, i think i've won five dollars one time i think that was the biggest i think that was my biggest payout that's pretty good but good start of course, they try to lure you in. It's like, you could win up to $5 million. And it's like, oh, boy. And it's like, $1. Oh. Well, like you said, those numbers, those, they're, they're not in your favor. No, they're they're not in your favor. But the whole point is to make money through these lotteries to fund infrastructure. Infrastructure, yeah. the community. So what think what? So what you think hurts you actually helps you. So yeah, the lottery. The lottery. It's a it's a crazy thing, especially crazy with that much thing. money. Everyone does it. It sounds like all over the world. Well, actually, historically too. Historically, I didn't know it's been around for so long. Neither did I. I did I, not know the Great Wall was built off lottery funds. Yeah, I also did not know how many lottery funds paid for a lot of stuff. Like that. That was the most shocking fact I had. But yeah, that's all lottery. I have. So what do you have today? Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna go buy a lottery ticket soon. I'm, I might, I might as well. Next time I'm at Wawa or something, I'll grab one. Exactly. So, shall we move on? Absolutely. All right. Today we're gonna talk about the notorious broken phone screen, the cracked screen, the cracked screen, shattered, shattered dreams. Maybe I have never broken my. That phone was my screen. next question. I have never broken my phone screen either. I have broken the motherboard inside my phone with no external damage. I know it's wild. The guy, the guy at the repair shop was also like, I don't know (laughs) how you did this, but you deserve a medal. But no, I've never broken my phone screen. I broke the, a screen, a glass screen protector on top of it that just cracked like from, no, I did drop it, but 
if I broke my phone screen, I would be paranoid because that's just not my type of person who wants to be carrying a bra- I would always feel that scar in my pocket, you know? I would, I'm the type of person that if I were to break my phone screen, I would get it fixed within the next four days. Exactly. Same here. Like, I'm not the, I know someone who I will say, Eric McKelvey, I'm still sorry. On <laughs> one of the first days of school, Eric. um, someone jumped on my back and I didn't know it was him. So I threw him past my shoulder and I broke his phone and it's still broken to this day. He has not gone to fix really? it. Yeah. Because he's like, Oh, I don't care. It's fine. Well, I want to bring up a topic later on that has to do with that, which is, which is a funny thing. So Eric can be the, uh, test subject the guinea pig. He's a guinea pig. So I want to talk to, about what are these screens made of, why it breaks, and why there isn't a breakproof screen on our most popular devices. You know, like everything is so advanced, you you'd think that there would be indestructible phones. Like now, they're just becoming to be waterproof, water resistant. You know, with the ratings to make it functionable. You know. Yeah. Um, also, is it a conspiracy? What do you mean? Behind screens breaking easily so these companies can increase the revenue for replacing these screens now you're going into dark territory that's dark territory people are listening in at this point so ask a room full of people to take out their phones and there's bound to be like a couple people with broken screens it's just it happens you know we rely on our devices so much we have them all the time there's going to be some broken screens yeah i mean if you walk around with a pane of glass in your pocket eventually it's going to break i feel like oh yeah so in part we're the ones to blame for this you know it's not the companies that do it we want these phones to be bigger thinner um offsetting strides to make the glass glass strong enough to uh, resist our daily use because we're so reliant on these devices so given how frequently we use the phones throughout the day juggling them as we commute run errands and chase after small children it's amazing screens don't crack even more than they do Right, they are pretty resistant, I'd say. I'm surprised mine isn't cracked. I do have a case on it. It's not a thick case. I constantly work with my phone. It's always on me. I'm, I guess you could say I'm lucky, you know? Maybe not lottery lucky, but I'm lucky. Yeah. So the latest phones from the two leading phone makers, Apple and Samsung, mix zinc into the aluminum frames for aerospace-grade strength. The frames will absorb more of the shock that will have gone through the, gr- through the glass not to mention help prevent the phones from bending in pockets until that one time. Yeah, except for the 6 Plus, which bends in your back pocket. Exactly. Like. So this specifically has to do with design. So everything around it has to be designed because the glass, everything is so thin and so small on a micro level. Everything touching has to be flexible to give it that durability that we desire. Right. You know, the, the strength to weight ratio is such a balance and with consumers demands for innovative thin phones you know right now is it impossible that's a big question to make a a indestructible piece of glass on a phone there are people looking into it i've seen here and there but what have you found so the this typically the displays um use like an ion strengthened glass so it's not just regular glass when you think of glass there's so much that goes into making quality transparent glass you know so samsung uses corning's grill glass 4 they might even be up to like the fifth version of that now Um, it gets heated in a process that replaces sodium ions on the surface with potassium ions and potassium ions are larger they press together to create a stronger surface so it's just bigger molecules 
rather than lots of little ones, you know? Yeah, we're going down to the chemistry level, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. So it's similar to a, like a layer of armor to protect the interior of the phone, these, these bigger ions. Apple also worked with Corning, probably the most innovative glass maker for technological devices. And they, um, their process goes through two rounds of an ion exchange for greater strength. So it's not necessarily the type of ions that are going into it. It's just the process of the, the, the chemical process of forming the glass. And glass is a very, very unique substance. You know, we use it for so many things, anything from windows to um, less transparent forms. Well, you have windows and then fiber optic cables are exactly. also glass as well. There's so many properties to it. And we, we, in all honesty, we don't understand all of the properties and capabilities of it. That's And that's a reason why we don't have indestructible glass. There's glass that can be flexed all the way around. But in other areas, we're not using that for phones because in other areas, it might not be good enough. Like, it might not be clear enough to see a, a high-resolution screen. Right. So there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of trade-offs going on. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So um, even some budget and mid-range phones, including like Motorola, they use strengthened glass, but it's made with like an older method because it's cheaper to use the older methods. So as we go on, yes, the um, the glass will be getting stronger, but also while while we're moving forward, the desire for thinner phones increases. You know, every year the iPhone. It's almost every year. Every like year and a half, the iPhone gets thinner and lighter well, with, a, with a bigger screen. Yeah. With every port they get rid of, they have more room to get to make it thinner, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And now we're doing – yeah, that's funny that you say getting rid of ports because, you know, that's the future. Yeah. So, the uh, Moving towards cheapads, uh, listen to the last episode for that. Oh, yeah. So – and another big thing moving now is a bezel-less, which is like no – rim or like you see on the computer monitor it has the black rim around the screen where it's not actually screen space oh like the samsung galaxy infinity screen exactly it rolls over the edge you know phones maybe three years from now will not have an edge at all It'll just be one solid screen even over the microphone cover you know for for listening and talking on the phone it'll just be screen how crazy would that be? That would be very interesting to see. I'm curious to see if anything will come in the next couple of years. But you're losing that rigidity and that strength if, if you dropped it. That means there's a lot more surface area to make contact with, you know, the ground. And you don't, if you have a case, I mean, if you have a screen that goes corner to corner, you don't want a case covering your screen then because there's no border on it. Exactly. So there's a lot of negatives. All I hear is negatives. <laughs> I know. And it's, okay, here's a quote. It's always the, the fine balance between practicality and design, says Forrester, the director of innovations for Gorilla Glass. That's, that's true. They're just trying to find a balance, you know, try to meet the consumer's desires for the most advanced looking sleek devices that we're going to use every day. But also, is it practical to have a phone that's the thickness of a credit card? Like, can you even hold on to it at that point? exactly there's the i feel like designers have different desires than consumers sometimes even going back to the last episode talking about houses the designs and the desires you know things just because you want things to work doesn't mean it's going to be good looking in the end or it's going to work out in other ways there has to be a balance yeah exactly and this is why we need more industrial designers in the world very true 
What about ditching glass for something stronger? I mean, we can consider plastic. I mean, there's tons of different um, oil-based materials that we could make like a like a polypropylene or whatever. You know, there's all those different versions of plastic to make a clear film. But it's very prone to scratching. So there's, there's the trade-off right. there. It's not as hard. Another material, sapphire, it's a mineral that's just short of diamond in hardness. It's used for like high-end watches, you know, like I have it here. Um, it's extremely scratch resistant, but its resistance to cracking is up for debate because, you know, it depends on how it's made or I guess it's a mineral. It's how it's harvested. Exactly. There's a lot more that goes into it than like you can melt down glass. I don't know if you can melt down sapphire. And it depends on like where you're getting it. I guess glass is technically a mineral, but it's more of a processed mineral. Than it's it is. more controlled. It's more controlled. Yes. Um, so it's also tough to manufacture, especially in larger sizes for phone screen because the demand, the quantity is a huge factor. Exactly. So Apple has actually received a patent for using internal motors to rotate a phone as it drops. So the glass part doesn't hit the ground. What? Can you imagine that? Like you drop it and it goes, flips over, lands on a protected surface. I've called bullshit. Well, that's that's the truth is that really the truth there's no word though on, on when we'll see this in an iphone and there hasn't been any like public press release about this you know I, i'm just trying to imagine a phone dropping and then all of a sudden it flips over like a cat it can detect it and with the gyroscope i guess it could it's totally doable you know it is doable i won't i will agree on that it's a doable thing but also if you want to go thinner is that a thin could there be a little motor inside a thin phone i don't know maybe i have no clue i have no clue how this works so we could do a whole episode on patents that these major technology companies have acquired over the years that are just seem like outrageous things but we actually see them in their products kind of or lesser variants of those acquired Uh, patents patent party here we come patent party the patent party episode the patent party episode we'll see it soon enough so now that i mentioned apple has this patent on on like a flipping motor to save the phone this leads me into the idea of like the apple conspiracy of broken phone screens and do they make it easy for your phone screen to break so you have to go to them to get it replaced and give them money i don't know and I, that could be true for any company like Samsung or anything. And no, this is like there we can see proof of phone glass becoming more or not just phone device glass becoming more and more durable over the years. It's just they're getting smaller faster than they are getting tougher, you know? Yeah, I would say a company doesn't want the negative press of breaking phone screens. That'll be a whole reputation. Exactly. That they'll be known by. Like Nokia is known for being a brick because you can't break it. Like Nokia phones, and like that's become a joke almost on the internet. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. it is a joke it on the internet. Joke, yeah, and it's this funny idea. It's like Nokia is known as like if I need a phone that can withstand anything anywhere, like drop from any height. It's like Nokia. Nokia is not stopping. Nokia is gonna It'll go through a window. The, yeah, Nokia is gonna dent the pavement when it hits the ground. But Apple, Apple's going to shatter into a bunch of pieces. Oh, yeah. So it might ultimately come down to priorities. Yes, people want phones that don't crack, but they also want better cameras and better video playback, you know? Not to mention, like, a sleeker design that's going to be with them every day. So manufacturers and product designers have to innovate in all of those areas in order for a phone to be successful. 
it's a lot to factor in, I'd imagine. So right now, we're not at the technological balance for durability and innovative function. It's just as simple as that. We're not there. You, It's a surprising thing because technology moves so fast, but is design at moving at an equal pace as as like the software develops and all, everything like how's the speeds of everything being innovated being compared i feel like this is something you also don't want to rush mm-hmm. because you don't want to rush out a phone and then you find out it explodes <coughs> samsung um <laughs> no <laughs> yeah you want to make sure that everything works and if you're rushing through this design process and you're all of a sudden ending up with a bad product that's going to affect you for the rest of the company Mm-hmm. So there's this whole idea that maybe it's time to slow down a little bit. We've already gotten terabytes and USBs and phones that can, I mean, go underwater. We have waterproofing of the phone and now wireless ports, wireless charging, all that. I mean, s- slow down, guys. Slow down. It, it That's a very good point. We're moving so fast. And I can promise you we'll get to a super durable all our devices will be super durable at some point. We're just we're just going to gradually work our way there. I can't wait to see what we have next. I feel like we're speaking on behalf of all the major technology companies right now. I hope we are. I hope they take our word into consideration. So I'm going to end with one thing that takes us back to our, our dear friend, Eric. Oh, yes, Eric. I'm um, sorry. While researching, I actually found an interesting article titled, Beat Up Cell Phones with Cracked Screens Are Point of Pride for Some Young People. I don't know if this is true for Eric, but um, the, the article is essentially introducing the cracked cell phone screen, which raises the bar by lowering it. Think of it as a tech generation's ripped jeans or unwashed hair, unshaven faces, low-riding jeans. That's such a good point, you know? I, I have tons of friends or just coworkers that have broken phone screens. Yeah, they, they might have got it out of an accident. But they could have gotten it fixed, you know. Some people yeah. are just too busy to get it fixed, but others are like, yeah, it's broken. Like, this is a workhorse of a phone. Some young people say a cracked screen gives you a sort of street cred, like you've been through some real-life stuff, you know. Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. It, both <laughs> of us think the same exact way. Like, within four days, we would have it fixed. Like, we yeah. can't go because we want our high-resolution screens. We need our devices to be not pristine, but – if my, what they're supposed if to. my screen is cracked it's not fulfilling its purpose mm-hmm. and i understand like if you have a cracked screen in a sense when is an iphone going to crack the same way twice it's like lightning striking in the same place mm-hmm. so there is a unique idea of it but i'd rather have a unique case or something instead oh yeah i will say this idea of a phone screen that's so durable that i don't need a case because I feel like a lot of phones are very sleek. They're very beautiful. But if you put them in a case, you kind of lose that. Mm-hmm. So I'm personally hoping for better glass because then I can take remove the case and then have show my phone for what it is. The naked phone is one of the best feelings in the world, in my opinion. It's, <laughs> That's the funniest thing to say now. It's a, it's a great feeling, but also you feel like you're holding a bomb. Yeah. That yeah. if you drop it it's gonna break it is you know it, you expect it to break you know and you don't want to take that you don't want to gamble exactly so well i think that's it for this week uh good stuff all around oh yeah and we'll be back hopefully next week we have to work out some kinks but yeah there's a lot going on behind the scenes we're, we're busy guys all right well we'll see you guys next week on another 
Two Topics. Thanks for listening. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics.